Good morning. It's a delight to be with you again and to hear wonderful children's sermons and extraordinary music and to see friends, new friends and old. It's great to be back. Our second scripture reading this morning, uh, we have two. First from the book of Micah. We read, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. To love justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly. So with throughout the Old Testament, someone has counted there are 613 laws that God has given God's people. And then we move to the New Testament and we get only two. And in Mark we read, one of the teachers of the law, they're teachers of these 613 laws, called them rabbis, came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, of all the commandments, of all the 613 commandments, which is the most important one? The most important one, Jesus said, is this. Hear, O Israel, listen, people of God. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's one. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. This, my friends, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so this morning, we're talking about internal justice. Now, the love your neighbor as yourself has often been reinterpreted as the golden rule. And you can Google online, just like any of the rest of us. And I found 13 sacred texts that had some version of the golden rule. The Baha'i faith says, lay not on any soul a load that you would not wish to be laid upon you, and desire not for anyone the things you would not desire for yourself. Unitarians say we affirm and promote respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Confucianism, one word which sums up the basis of all good conduct, loving kindness. Do not do to others what you do not want done to yourself. Now, most of us know this golden rule, do unto others, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. But that, I believe, is a misinterpretation of what these sacred scriptures are telling us. Because beneath that, the subtext 
the true message is do unto others the way they want to be done to. So some teachers call this the platinum rule as opposed to the golden rule. But it's important. Everyone is not like you and everyone doesn't want to be like you. Everyone doesn't want what you want. You think of the things that you want. Think of your relationships. Well, I treated him or her just the way I wanted to be treated and they didn't treat me back. Well, that's because they didn't get it. You treat them the way they want to be treated. And so this other part of the rule that Jesus gave us, love yourself, love others as you love yourself. Well, what happens if you have no love for yourself? Then you got no love to give, at least not the kind that I want. So it's important to understand what the golden rule really means and the implications of it. Love starts with God, love that God gave to us and which we in turn can give to others in a way that's meaningful to them. Now, in the 1990s, Masaru Emoto conducted some experiments with water that were absolutely astonishing. You may have seen the movie, What the Bleep. Some of you might be old enough to have remembered that or read his book, Hidden Messages in Water. This is what he did. He exposed water. Ex what do you mean exposed water? So he put water in a jar and put pictures on the water or played sounds around the water or wrote words on the jar. So he exposed the water to words and pictures or music, some of which was beautiful or complimentary, some of which was jarring and aggressive. And then he froze the water and examined the frozen crystals under a microscope. This too, you can find on YouTube. You don't have to just believe me. The shape of the crystals that formed changed and aligned with what the water was exposed to. Fascinating. Beautiful words, beautiful sounds, beautiful thoughts, beautiful crystals. Hateful words, jarring sounds, asymmetrical and jagged crystals. Now, what's the implication of this? We humans are 70% water. What are the words? You think of yourself as a jar. What are the words that you write on yourself? What names do you call yourself? What thoughts do you harbor? about yourself. What are the crystals that make up who you are? What are they looking like based upon the love you give to yourself or don't? See, this is internal justice or internal injustice. Most conversations about justice focus outward on others, on the oppressed. I'm inviting you to flip the script what do you do to yourself that might be unjust? Now, external injustice, oppression, microaggressions, name calling, rendering others invisible and voiceless, overt aggression, prejudice and discrimination. Internal 
injustice is the same thing. Oppressing yourself with unreasonable expectations. Microaggressions where you pick, pick, pick at yourself, looking in the mirror. I looked at the mirror this morning and said, I can't believe you're just so old. Every time I look in the mirror, I look older and older and older. Name calling, what do you call yourself? Shrinking to invisibility so that no one sees you or notice you, not speaking up when you need to, rendering yourself voiceless. And then there's the overt aggressions that some of us impose on ourselves, cutting and drugs and food, prejudice and discrimination about your looks, being hypercritical, giving yourself no grace, no forgiveness, hiding your wounds and the things that you think make you unlovable. That's internal injustice. Internal justice is self-compassion. Internal justice is loving yourself without conditions. I'll love myself after I lose these 10 pounds. I'll love myself after I keep these promises to myself. I'll love myself after I go to the gym every day. I'll love myself when I don't fall off the wagon, whatever wagon you've put yourself on. I'll love myself better if I keep the promises I made during Lent. That's internal injustice. Love yourself without conditions in spite of your failures. Loving yourself past your ego. Now, loving yourself is a tough concept here in the United States because we are taught not to be self-centered. We judge people who love themselves a little too much. We have difficulty distinguishing between love for self and selfishness. Now, I think loving yourself is valuing all that you are, understanding and accepting who you are, your gifts, your strengths, your competencies, and all that stuff that lurks in your shadows. Loving yourself is knowing yourself completely, your strengths and your growing edges, without shame or apology. Love God, love the life that God has given you, love yourself, love yourself enough to forgive yourself, to name yourself, to know who you are so well that if someone calls you something else, you know they are mistaken because it's not what people call you, it's what you respond to that's most important. Love yourself enough to say no when you mean it. Ouch when it hurts. Help when you want it. Love yourself enough to ignore the gossip and assumptions that friends make when you don't involve them in every aspect of your life and decision making. You are enough. Don't accommodate so much. You will never get what you want or what you need if you are always credentialing yourself, always trying to prove that you are worthy, always trying to prove what you know, that you can, that you are good enough. Love yourself without condition. Love yourself as God loves you. You are enough. Now, 
there is a nine cell matrix that I like to use to help people get on this road to loving themselves. So think, actually, it's a 16 square grid, but just think nine because that's easier. Three things, mind, body, spirit. So three columns, mind, body, spirit, and then three more rows, rest, nutrition, and exercise. Mind, body, spirit, rest, nutrition, exercise. So for each thing, mind, body, spirit, you need to do three things. You need to rest, you need to feed it, you need to exercise it, to challenge it. How do you rest your mind, rest your body, rest your spirit? How do you feed your mind, feed your body, feed your spirit? How do you exercise your mind, exercise your body, exercise your spirit? And so you make a chart, fill in the things that you do, and then look at the gaps to see what's missing. Don't try to fill it all in at once, but just pick one thing that you can do better, that you can do more of, that you can do instead of doing nothing. See, that's the step toward loving yourself, self-care. Self-care are the actions that you take. Self-compassion are the attitudes and the beliefs that inform those actions. So if you fill out this grid and start doing something in all nine of the cells because you're a horrible person and you don't love yourself enough and because you need to do better and because everybody knows that you're just not good enough, that's not the point. You look at the self-care and use it, the self-care chart, and use it to remind yourself to make suggestions about things that you can do better, things that you can do to show that you are loving yourself. Now, you might have wonderful activities in each and every one of the cells. I doubt it, but you might. But you still might be lacking in self-compassion. Self-compassion is offering kindness, forgiveness, and grace to yourself. When you don't do the stuff that you want to do or that you ought to do, self-compassion is proactively protecting your boundaries, creating spaces of love and belonging for yourself. It means creating your tribe instead of pining for the love from a tribe that doesn't have any love for you. Self-compassion might mean letting go of a painful past instead of holding on to your pain. Self-compassion means you stop pining for connections and apologies and experiences that you don't have and you won't get. Now, you may want everything in the world, and it's out there, it's possible, but I can promise you that you probably can't get it all at once or when you actually want it. See, self-compassion is internal justice. Self-compassion takes practice, and it's counter to the dictums of popular culture. We get so many lessons that do not promote self-compassion. It's better to give than to receive, we are told. Always be polite. Don't be selfish. You don't need that. Apologize for being yourself. See, self-compassion is not selfish. It's not narcissistic. It's not weakness. It's not self-pity. Self-compassion doesn't mean giving up, and it doesn't mean putting yourself last. 
It doesn't mean denying yourself, especially when others don't even notice or expect what you're giving. See, care provides the basics. Compassion fills the spaces within you and around you with kindness and grace. So just think for a moment. What would be different about your walk in the world if you treated yourself with the same love and compassion that you give to others? Try this. Think of a person that you love <coughs> who's never loved you in the way you need to be loved or the way you would like to be loved. What is it that you long to hear from that person? Could be a parent, could be a sibling, could be a lover who's lost. Try this, look in the mirror and say those words you long to hear to yourself. Take it in, see what it feels like. That's self-love. Whisper those words to yourself. Entozaki Shange is a writer and author and poet and performer who wrote, she found herself and learned to love her deeply. He found himself and learned to love him deeply. They found themselves and learn to love themselves as God loves them. Internal justice, my friends. God started this. We get to carry on the work. You are the ones that you've been waiting for. Go in love.